Getting back into our conversation about the earthquake in Turkey and Syria, we got the update from the Syrian Canadian Foundation, and you know you've got the added political complication there that's making things uh, even worse. However, um, unfortunately, we know that that's just half of the equation, and I don't think we have a, a, a complete understanding of exactly what's going on there. As we heard, um, the information is not getting out, the aid is not getting in. Uh, quite as much as it is from Turkey. Uh, that seems to be where the focus is with tens of thousands of rescue workers on the ground. A really amazing story. A student in Turkey was rescued from the rubble um, of a destroyed apartment building. He posted a video on WhatsApp following the uh, deadly earthquake. More than 20,000 dead. He's 20 years old. Uh, he's from Istanbul, but he was visiting family in Malatya when the earthquake uh, hit. He was trapped. Uh, he grabbed his phone, filmed himself pinned in the debris. In the video, he shared tears in his eyes. He shares his location with hopes of being rescued, and he was. So, um, as I say, there are there are some good news stories that continue to come out, but sadly, the window continues to close, and there'll be fewer and farther between. We're going to check now with Sirhan Tarkin, who was with us earlier this week, president of the Turkish-Canadian Cultural Association of Calgary. Sirhan, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Oh, hang on, i got to push this button. I apologize, Sirhan. There you are. I got you now. Hi. Thanks for having me, Shay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, uh, just bring us up to speed. We just got an update uh, from the Syrian community, and uh, it's it's it, it appears like it's a bit of a different story, but still tragic when it comes to Turkey. Rescues are still happening, but fewer and fewer, right? Yeah, so, um, well, I mean, I was up pretty late last night watching six people get pulled from the rubble. Um, it was, I mean, we couldn't go to bed. It was about 10, 11 hours in the making. Um, but, uh, thankfully, um, some people were rescued last night. But, you know, we were, they were talking about the 100th hour yesterday, um, you know, last night around, uh, 10 o'clock. So we're well into over 112 hours now. Mm -hmm. So. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's going to be very, very difficult at this point forward. Um, some of the things they were saying, some of the doctors were saying that because it's a little bit cold, believe it or not, it has actually helped. Oh, really? Uh, yes, because I guess what the happens is the, the cold air keeps, um, um, you know, the, the fluids in a yeah. little bit more, right? So you, you, you're not as thirsty, um, you're hydrated, you're, so, you know, in, in some strange way that has helped. Uh, pull people out five days after. It's just unbelievable. It is, yeah. And, and, and anything you can use for hope at this point is, is more than welcome. I'm wondering how you're feeling about what you're seeing from the international community and specifically Canada. Um, we said earlier there's about 120,000 rescue personnel and aid personnel on the ground from 75 different countries. None from Canada, though. We sent an assessment team, but we aren't uh, acting at, in an official capacity in terms of the relief effort, at least not yet. Um, how would you characterize what Canada is doing so far? I don't want to jump to anything. I mean, don't forget how far we are. I've seen the list of countries. It's mind-boggling. I mean, mm, countries yeah. that need their own aid are coming to our aid. So that's fantastic. You know, that part is is wonderful. I know Americans have sent uh, quite a few as well. But uh, I think you have to remember, this is going to be a long uh, haul for everyone. I mean, there's over 14 million people in that area, right? We're talking 11 major centers. So, uh, you know, uh, the next few days, of course, are, are uh, as, you know, hopes dwindle. Um, now other things are going to start to happen, like, of course, housing for these people and, and food and shelter and everything else. So, 
you know, I, I am a little bit disappointed at the moment, but I know Harjit Singh mentioned something, you know, $10 million earlier this week. Um, you know, I know the Red Cross is doubling our efforts as well, mm-hmm. you know, those who contribute to the Red Cross, which is fantastic. So, you know, th- again, this is going to be, a, you know, a long uh, haul. So I, I don't think that uh, I'm not going to jump to any conclusions just yet. I do know uh, there's an association from Calgary uh, with uh, specialized dogs who were trying to get to Turkey, but they just couldn't in time, and the Turkish government said, you know, if you can come here by Saturday morning, come. Mm-hmm. If otherwise, you know, I know we're going to get there a Saturday evening. So unfortunately, they weren't able to. So I think, you know, there are NGO groups uh, not, uh, who are wanting to help. I know there's been some of our members who want to sort of head over there. You know, the images that we see from Turkish television is, you know, Istanbul Airport was filled with people. Um, you know, um, they're, they're talking the you know, tens of thousands of people wanting to head down there, either as nurses or, you know, uh, you know skilled uh, people. Who, who want to go and help and other people who just want to be there and, and do what they can. So, Yeah, it really has been overwhelming to see the response. There's no question. Um, are you in contact with people in Turkey? I know you're having a hard time establishing contact with some, some you had heard from. Um, has that gotten any better and what are you hearing? Well, I think 90% of the people we wanted to get keep in co- or get into contact with, we have. Okay. And most of the news has been good. 10% we still haven't. And now, again, that same thing is it's dwindling. You know, I have a very good friend who unfortunately has family over there, and uh, he hasn't heard. And so it's been very tough on him, of course, uh, because as, as the hours and days go by, and, and you know, uh, it's just so, so difficult to know whether it's... Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's it may seem it's going to be a tragic end. You know, yeah. So that's where we're at. I mean, we, we're obviously we're getting a little bit more aware of the severity of this now. Right when we first talked, that was on Monday. It was just very fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, now, I mean, now that things are um, moving to the recovery stage, you know, um, I don't know. We're going to have to keep an eye on it. We're we're doing what we can here from such a long distance away exactly, trying yeah. to help, of course. Yeah, for sure. It's tough. Uh, the people that you have managed to establish contact with, um, have they, have they, I mean, so many buildings were collapsed around. I mean, it's hard to wrap your head around how much of that city came down or that region came down. Yeah. Uh, what's life like for those who did survive? Well, so, I mean, they're, they're giving, you know, the doctors are saying on TV things like don't, I mean, and people are told to basically sleep in their cars. But if you do fall asleep in your car, you know, don't keep it running because you could die, um, you know, from carbon dioxide, sure, yeah. you know. So, um, you know, there's, there's lots of things like that. And so people are, I mean, they're trying to build 10 cities as quickly as they can, of course. So where the cold weather helped in keeping people under the rubble alive. Uh, unfortunately, going forward, hopefully it's not going to hinder uh, people staying alive once they've been, you know, removed from it. So um, we're hoping that, uh, obviously, um, you know, that it's going to be a smooth transaction, but it's just so difficult. It's such a large area. You know, again, we're talking about 500 kilometers. That's Edmonton to, you know, the U.S. border. Yeah, yeah. That's the size of this. This is just unimaginable. Um, so there's still streets uh, I've seen, I mean, impassable. And uh, But there's a there's a good effort from Turkey happening, of course, from the rest of the uh, country. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, we're, of course, going to do what we can here to keep the Canadian government, you know, sort of honest and aware of it and, and uh, keep on top of it. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I know, like you say, you're so far away, you have to pick and choose what you can do. When you talk about holding the government accountable, what what is the process? What are you working on? Well, we've got you know, different uh, 
you know, we've had different people doing different things, of course, in our organization. I mean, everybody, don't forget, most of us have full-time jobs or so. We've kind of um, taken a... Uh, that uh, backseat and, and and just kind of gone forward and everybody's trying to use their resources you know a lot at first there was a lot of talk about let's send everything that we can for yeah. example in yeah. edmonton the turkish uh edmonton the canadian society in edmonton is uh is asking for only diapers baby formula and medical supplies they're working on getting medical supplies over there okay. because again that is something you know you, you kind of have to fill the holes where they are right there's no sense in everybody wants to send ski jackets and whatnot sure, yeah. because it's cold but you know, you kind of have to uh, focus your resources on the things that matter. And, uh, you know, Turkish Airlines is now flying cargo um, planes or, um, you know, regular domestic flights with or um, international flights, I should say, with cargoes uh, free of charge. Uh, this is the embassy set this up. So there's a concerted effort in, in, in Edmonton and Calgary to send it over to Vancouver so it can get uh, to its destination. But really, money, again, is, yeah, it's is cash. That's the best way to do it. Cash, I mean, travels across the world in seconds, you know. Um, just make sure it's to somebody that you recognize or somebody you support, obviously, uh, is what I would have to say for your listeners. Um, because, uh, the, the, unfortunately, time brings out the worst in people, too. And we've heard some of that as well. So, Yeah, exactly. And uh, I appreciate you checking in with us again, Sirhan. And we will continue to follow this along as we go. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.